read you an account from Matthew. Matthew chapter 3. And we'll start at verse 1. And <clears throat> Y'all okay if I read the whole chapter? We go read the whole chapter. Because this is important. This is important. This, just to give you a little backdrop of what's taking place here, this was a doorway that was being opened to a people. This account right here. This was allowing a generation of people to become exposed to something new and to something fresh in their life. Something that would change their life forever. Not only theirs, but yours. This is important. This is important. You know, Jesus' birth, that was, that was an extreme importance because we wouldn't have gotten to this place if he wouldn't have ever been born. But, however, this is just as vital because if this wouldn't have happened, See, you've got, to, you've got to understand where Jesus come from. I mean, from the age of 12 years old up until now, up until this, this account, he was hidden. He was nowhere in Scripture. From 12 years old till now. He's about 30 years of age when he comes to this account. That's a long time to be hidden. That's a long time to have to sit. Well, I'm going to learn something this morning. Just because God has called you doesn't mean it's time. He just means it's called you. Just because God sent you doesn't mean that you go out at six years old, you hang on. When the time fully come, when he looked at his mom and he said, Woman, why are you bothering me? My time's not right now. Y'all remember that? When he talked to his mama? Any other child would have got the mouth smack. But he said, why are you bothering with me? It's not time for me right now. And here, here Jesus is. Coming up on a scene. days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now that's very, I'm just going to teach you this morning, that's very, very, very important. In the wilderness of Judea. Why is that so important? In Judea, all of the people there were known as Jews. So it wasn't that John the Baptist was actually speaking a gospel to sinners. He was talking to a chosen people. And the other part of it was, he was reaching out to the ones that were in the wilderness. He wasn't in the heart of Jerusalem where all the social, the economical, 
the religious all this geographical stuff that was taking place. He wasn't in the midst of all of that teaching them people. He went to the people that thought that maybe they were far enough away that, oh, come on, church, that they were far enough away that they wouldn't be influenced by all of the things taking place inside of Jerusalem. I wonder how many of us as Christian people Think that because that we're not attached to this, or because we don't do that, come on, because we don't drink, or we don't smoke, or we don't go to this church, or we don't go to that church, we don't hang out at this bar, we don't go to that bar, we think that we're far enough away that nothing can influence us. And here's John the Baptist in the wilderness of Judea. Talking to a chosen people that thought they were far enough away from everything and everybody else that they would not be influenced or touched. And here he is. Y'all with me? Look, he says, and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's talking, if you will allow me, he's talking to the church. He's telling a body chosen by God to repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Well, it don't make much sense, does it? Why would a preacher be telling a church to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, if you would listen to all the old-timey gospel preaching, the hellfire damnation, the one that caused you to shake in your shoes and sprint to the altar to give your heart to Christ, you would understand what I'm talking about. We think that repentance is coming and asking for forgiveness. And repentance is a fact and a matter of changing your thoughts, changing your mind, turning away from how you, how you perceive and how you receive things to be. That is repentance. And he's telling a church, a chosen body, to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I wonder why he would say such a thing. I got so much in my head with this right now. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locust and wild honey. I can remember that word, then. <laughs> then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan. That's important. Jordan. That's, that's important. I'm going to take you back. We, we're going we're gonna to run back to the Israelites crossing the Jordan. Y'all just hang on. I'm going to get you there too. Tommy, you might want to build that part up. It's in 
Joshua, somewhere. And, and they're baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when they saw many of the Pharisees, here we go, Pharisees and Sadducees, and no words I see. And then they back. <laughs> he thinks he's going to twist me this morning. Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him, coming to his baptism. He said to them, Brood of vipers, who warn you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to rise up, to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the roots of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown. Remember who he's talking to. Boy. Just in that bed one more time. Just one more again. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. Y'all know what winnowing is, right? That's, that's what was used, the winnowing fork. That's what was used at the threshing floor when they would toss the wheat and the barley into the air and the wind would bury the shaft away and the fruit would fall back to the floor. He said that Jesus, his winnowing fan, see, we, we think that Jesus come to do this and in actuality, he, he loved, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Jesus came because Jesus even spoke to them he even spoke to the people and said, you think that I come for peace? I actually come to divide. Y'all remember the scripture? He come to divide. He come to separate those who think, those who say they are and are not. He come to divide. His widowing fan is already in his hand. He came with, with an ultimatum going, you either choose life or you choose death. And if you choose death, whatever wind passes, whatever gospel comes across your feet, whatever thing that tickles your ears the most, it will take you away. That's right. fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan. Well, that's a good breaking point. I'll stop there. It's twice we've talked about the Jordan. The, the Jordan, I've taught you before that the Jordan was a place, a Jordan was a place of transition to get from that to this to get from the bondage of Israel or the bondage of Egypt to the freedom 
of the promised land to get to get from from everything that we have been bound to to the freedom of everything that he brings. It was at the Jordan. The Israelites had to cross the Jordan to get to the promised land. God was letting them know that there is this place in your life that you're going to have to cross over. The same thing is happening here. Jesus came to the Jordan. Isn't it ironic? That Jesus would come and be baptized in the same water that the Israelites had to cross over to get into the promise. And Jesus shows up there. And John the Baptist baptizes Jesus in the Jordan. It's a spiritual foreshadowing of what we are offered at the Jordan. They were given a choice. They could cross or stay. Jesus is doing the same thing here. You, you, can, you can stay where you are. Or you can repent, as John has suggested, and walk into a newness of life. You and Hook, I need to be baptized by you. And John the Baptist going, you're coming, you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, and when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and Alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Time to go to Psalms. Psalms chapter 24. Um, go, give me a next screen. Starting chapter 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Man, I can't wait to tie this together. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. This is David, King David. They are bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel. They are having this huge parade David finally figured it out. We can't put it on the cart. Y'all remember the story. King David goes and he's grabbing the cart and he's going to bring it back to Israel. And they, they make this little, this little cart 
wagon wheels. Who wants a wooden wagon wheel? You know you got problems. There's going to be issues. And they put God on a wagon. Totally opposite of how God said that he was to be transported. It should have been nothing but the Israelites. It should have been nothing but the Levites. They handled God. And they put him on a cart. Oh, man. They're attempting to do the same thing, but they're trying it a different way. We don't want to do it the way God intended. We're finding ways to handle God's glory our way. We've got this all figured out. After all, the church has been around for generations. We've got it figured out. Now we'll do it like this and we'll do it like that. We'll play it like this. We'll play it like that. We'll have this and we'll have that. And we'll bring the kingdom glory in. When the king of glory is brought in by you and I. Because you and I are considered priests. See, the king of glory rests on you. And we've gotten to a point where we've created a nice little wagon. We're going to bring them in like this now. Can I tell you that God's way of being handled has never changed. We're talking about a holy God and we have found ways to keep him in a box and dragging him around on a wagon. And it's getting to the point to where there are hands just like Uzzah reaching up Even though his heart may have been right. Even though your intentions may be right, you don't handle God your way. Oh, I'm coming. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down. Santa Claus Lane. It's just a man in a red suit. Here come Peter Cottontail. <laughs> hopping down a bunny chair. Hippity hoppity. <laughs> you singing it right along with me. I knew you knew it. <laughs> it's just a means. getting people to come to church. There's nothing wrong with the past. We're just opening it up for the world to come in. There's your problem. Yeah. You don't handle all oh, this. Like, the title of this should have been you don't handle God the way you want to. Mm -hmm. 
because that seems to be the vein right now. You don't handle God how you want to. He's a holy God. But they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. And David writes this. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Man, it used to be, I would think it was talking about you. And then I've done some research, but you also know that the Old Testament is a foreshadow of the New Testament of what's to come. So it's still, I, I, just give me a minute, I'm going to bring it, I'll put it in here. Lift up your heads, oh yeah. When they would build cities, when they would build these these tabernacles or these these monuments for gods. They would build these gates. And the bigger the gate, the bigger the God. That's why when they would come to a city and they would see these small gates, we can take those. That's a little city. take that. That's just a little thing. And David is there. David knew what was about to come into Israel and he had already gotten the revelation of how he was supposed to tend to the presence of God and how they were supposed to usher him back into Israel, back into the place where Jesus and where God was going to dwell. And he's standing there and he's peering through. I can see David on the back side of the gate looking down through the gate and seeing them usher God's presence in and he says lift up your head oh you gates what is a head man I love it because I'm a builder a header a header is over the door and David's going lift up your heads oh you gates for the king of glory is coming and he's saying that you are going to have to do something and lift up the head because the God that's about to come in the king of glory that is being ushered in is bigger than the head of the gate that you've already set up and he's telling us today lift up your heads on your gates if you want the king of glory to come in you're going to have to lift up your heads you're going to have to change some of the way of the way you're thinking you've got to change the way that you're handling the presence of God lift up your heads where are we we've we set this header above a gate and we said God if you want to get a room if you want to come in You've got to come in this way. You need to. You need to shrink down. You need to crouch over. You need to bend at the knees. You need to come in the way we've accommodated you. And we wonder why God isn't showing up in. We wonder why God is sitting on the outskirts of the church. We wonder why God, the King of Glory, we wonder why He's not available inside the walls anymore because He can't get through the gate. Yes. 
at all times. I didn't get lost. It ties right in the name of John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of heaven Amen. is at hand. He's telling you, listen. Oh. Let me show you what I wrote down. That this is what he's telling. This is what John the Baptist is telling the Jewish people. That you would no longer need to be held hostage by the rule of death over mankind that resulted from sin or the deadly rule of a presence or of oppressive human systems, the religious, political, or otherwise. He said, no longer are you going to have to cut the heads off doves and bring them in and society. No longer will you have to begin to, to gut the heifers and lay them on the altar. No longer will you have to boil the fat because there is a kingdom that's being established. And that kingdom, that kingdom system remains in the hands of God. It is by his blood that makes atonement for sin. You can't handle God the way you want to handle God. You handle God by the means in which he has provided. And it's by the blood of his son and by no other. That's right. And he's telling the people, no longer do you have to be bound to the systems and the ideologies of man. No longer do you have to walk according to policies and procedures. No longer will you be bound both hand and foot. I've come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. But in order for you to be able to reach in, in order for you to be able to step through, you're going to have to lift your hands on the gates. We've minimized the authority of God. We've minimized the activity of God. We've minimized the miracles of God by the gates that we have created. God wants to come back to Israel. wants to be a part of you, your life, your marriages, your family. But you won't allow him because of the way you've structured the entrance in which by he has to pass through. God, you can do it, but only on Sunday for an hour. God, you can have it, but only this Thursday. Come on. God, I'll do it, but only this much. God, I'll give you me, but only today. I wonder how many of you sitting there really want the King of Glory to come in. 
John the Baptist is setting way. He's making the pathway straight. Repent. Oh man, he's talking to the church. You got it all together? You got everything in line and in order? Everything is set up and stuff. It looks like some of y'all's pantries, not ours. Our pantries are empty. <laughs> we don't even have good food in our pantry no more. I mean, it's like some red peppers in a jar. And she says, it's sauce. No, it's not. Prego, that's sauce. <laughs> How have you aligned yourself? How have you structured your gates? Is it big enough? Are you restricting the flow of God in your life because of the way you've situated, the way that you've manufactured, the way that you live your life. Here comes the King of Glory. If I can't get an amen from somebody else, but I'm telling you, it's amen and me all up inside. It's good. We want to know why the church thing doesn't work. Because you've yet to allow the kingdom and the glory of God to enter you. Oh, this is good. This is... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. have an opportunity to have God operate in such a way in your life would blow your mind but because you refuse to lift up your head God he didn't send his son to be outside the world. He sent his son into the world. He wants in your life, not on the outskirts. Lift up your head. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No, no longer are you bound to the systematic. <laughs> no longer do you have to dress. Y'all can't do a handle it right now. David stripped. The Bible said that David danced naked. Let me help you. Before y'all get in pictures in your head. 
he wasn't butt naked. I said that in church. Forgive me if I offended you. He had taken off his outer garment. Well, then how was that naked? Because what he had done was he removed his priestly robe. He was a king. Kings did not show themselves to the public in their underdraws. That was not politically accepted. But he said, I'm not dancing before you as the king. I'm dancing before a king. You're going to get it. David, give us the foreshadow. <laughs> Letting us know that you don't, you don't come to God. Too many of us, we get caught up. Oh, holy, faithful, magnificent God of the universe. You think that you got to go to a priest and let him pray for you. You think that you got to go before a man so that he can pray over you to deliver you. David is showing us that, look, every other opportunity that is keeping you bound is not needed if you lift your heads. But the longer you stay in the system, yep. yep. Why do you think there are churches huge? Not the name. Keep it up. Keep up with it. Huge that are falling at the hand of the world huge churches because they have found another system they have found another way you don't handle God the way you want to we've gone away from being organisms to organizations God's not a CEO He's God. Yes, he is. He's not your CFO. He's God. He wasn't hired in. He can't be fired out. He wasn't voted in. He's not your president. He wasn't voted in. He wasn't your congressman. He can't be voted out. I don't even know if we can vote out congressmen anymore. They can come to where they can, they sit there till they die. <laughs> No, I'm going. I don't care. Enough. Yes. Enough. We're sitting in our hindquarters. Nowhere are you seeing churches stand up against the political, sinful nature of this world. They're laying back. 
as your article said. In fear of the repercussions of what would happen to them if they are caught outside of their four walls. God forbid if we say something against a corrupt government. God forbid if we say something against corrupt religion. God forbid if we step out. God forbid if we step out. And the church, oh, we just having such a glorious time inside the church. And hell is breaking loose on the outside. Yeah. There's people going to hell because you're comfortable. That's it. Oh, come on. Tell them that one, brother. People are going to hell because you're comfortable. So how many of you like to be comfortable? Raise your hand. Oh, you go, uh-oh, I have one honest person. I have one honest person up in here. We got one saved person up in the house. Holy Spirit. The rest of them got scared. They said, you ain't trapping me on that one. No, sir. The church has become comfortable. As long as the churches meet their quotas. As long as the churches meet their, their financial budgets. Oh, come on, church. See, we have forgot what it's like to have to sit and trust in God with everything we have. <laughs> Boy, he's going to separate it. He said it in Matthew. And the shaft is going to be burnt. With an unquenchable fire. See, you ain't... You better, you better pay attention to some words in the scripture. It's going to come a time, man, you can't just do it how you want to do it. And you're not going to be able to put out the fire that you've caused. You want to blame God for sending you? Don't blame God. Blame yourself. Moses stood before a congregation and said, Today, I've given you both life and death. Choose life. I wonder if he might not have done it this way. I've given you today both life and death. Choose life. Choose. Please. Well, what's in the other hand? Don't worry about it. Do you, do you want to take the chance on getting something you can't see? Or do you want to take what you can see? Choose life. But how many of us, we are gambling man. We'll take my chances on what you got behind your back. There will be a separation. But you're given an opportunity now. What is it today that you will choose? What, what are you willing to do in your own personal life? Forget, forget church, forget politics, forget job, forget everything else going on in your life. What are you willing to do today in your own personal life that the King of Glory should come in. We, 
We're too comfortable with giving him parts. Like he's a parts manager at a dealership. We'll give him parts. Like he needs a part to fix his HVAC. He'll give him a part. But he can't fix you with a part. You're so jacked up. He, you need a whole new system. Get him, preacher. He's coming. Brother, I'm tired. Oh, Christian. <laughs> I had no idea. Because we've been taught it's just coming to church. Some of you put on a real good show, though. You got Bibles and everything. Even sit in the front row. <laughs> Surely he'll know I'm a Christian now. I moved to the front. <laughs> it's going to be a time in your life. And it's going to come down to you. to make a decision you're going to have to make a choice well pastor I believe Christ and I've accepted I, okay that's great that's fine don't lift up your head all I want him to do pastors is peer in I don't want him coming in to fix anything. Just, <laughs> I just want him to open up the window and yell through and say, hey, just move that piece of furniture over there and shut the window. And then when he goes away, we go, I don't like how that's sitting. Put that back. Y'all come on up in the house this morning. How many of us do it? Come on, we all do. Don't lie. Not in church. We all do it. Pastor, I'm, I'm having this problem. What can I do? Well, that says, yeah, I ain't doing that. I can't force you. Can't make you. My heart grieves for you sometimes. I can't make you. God's not going to make you. But his heart grieves for you. Because he's offered and offered and offered and offered. And because it doesn't fit our agenda. Because it doesn't line up with our policy. Because it doesn't hit our ideology right on the head. Oh boy, you can always tell him. If they can find a scripture where the matches exact, because they'll bring it. If you think for one second that somebody won't pull a scripture out of context just to prove a point, you're mistaken. 
won't read all the way through Scripture. I'm going to make you read it this morning. Matthew, let me see, 20. Okay, that's right. Probably gonna need some help. I thought that's where it was at. Somebody punch Google. The end has not yet come. Tell me what scripture. I was in 24. I was just too fur. I went too fur. Now here's the disciples talking to Jesus. Tell us, when will these things be? He's talking about when is the end of times? And what will be the sign that you're coming? How, how will we know that the end of the age is here? How, how will we know? This is the disciples asking Jesus. Watch what Jesus says. Jesus says, Take heed that no one deceives you. I mean, he starts the conversation off just like that, but yet many are deceived. How? Watch. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. It's not saying that many will come and say that I'm Christ as saying that I'm Christ, but they will be preaching the gospel of Christ and it not be of Christ. I don't have time. And will deceive many. There's going to be a lot of false doctrine flying around. And you're going to, well, he's been preaching Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you will hear Wars and rumors. How many of you ever heard that preaching? Huh? How many of you ever ever heard? But you knew that the end of the day was at hand, and you knew that the end of the day was coming because we've heard wars and rumors of wars. Anybody heard any wars or rumors of wars? Okay. All right. All right. Just hang on. Y'all okay? We're just going to go here. 
you're not troubled. He's, Jesus is talking to the disciples. It couldn't have come from a better source. seeing that or am I just the only one? Do y'all see the word but? Yes. <laughs> but the end y'all finish reading that out. But wait a minute. That's the end of times when you hear wars and rumors of wars and people coming saying I am Christ then there comes the end. Can we keep reading? Let me. I'm going to do it anyway. For nation will rise against nation. Anybody know that nations are rising against nations? Now let me help you out even more. That word nations doesn't mean Russia against Ukraine, Ukraine against the U.S., U.S. against Egypt. That, that's not what it means. It's talking about nations. It's talking about you going against someone else. This is this is of ethnic proportions. How many of you know that we have that right here in the US? That nations are rising against nations. You've got you've got homosexual nation rising against the Christian nations. Y'all don't want to talk to me. About what Pastor, I don't want to agree with that because I, I got a friend that's a homosexual and I don't want to hurt their feelings. My friend, you either hurt their feelings and let them go to hell which one do you want to do? Look, I, I would rather tell you you ain't sin. And have you hate me than to let you go sit in hell and saying you love me. Thank you for never coming against how I feel and, and what I think is thank you. You're not much of a friend. No, listen, I'm not telling you to browbeat. I'm telling you to show the love of Christ. That's right. I can still be friends with you. Pastor, we're not supposed to mix company like that. Then if you're that scared about it, then stay at home. If you're that homophobic, stay at the house. You don't know how many people your hands you shake. Oh, come on, Pastor. See, they don't want to hear none of this. All they want to hear is the good news. This is the good news. The good news is that you're supposed to be salt and light to the world. The good news is that you're supposed to share the gospel. The good news is that you're supposed to take it to the poor and to the sick. That's the good news. But you're too comfortable and they're dying and going to hell. Hate letters. You can just spell it R-O-C-K-Y. I'm fine with it. R-O-C-K-E-Y, R-O-C-K-I-E. I've seen it a bunch of different ways. I'm okay with it. I'll answer. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various... Have we seen any earthquakes? I mean, come on, for as much as going on in Scripture right now, where it should be over. 
the I'm not an English scholar. Beginning of sorrows. When they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Oh, man. Okay, we, we always wonder about tribulation. We talk about it all the time. But it, it, whether it's post or mid or pre-mid or post. See, everybody's got all these theologies out there. Can I, I'm going to go ahead and mix all of your theologies. Whether it be pre-tribulation, be ready. Whether it be mid-tribulation, be ready. Whether it be post-tribulation, be ready. Does that make sense? Because you and I don't know when the Son of God is coming back. We just know He's coming. We called David yesterday because he was late. It wasn't because of David, though. It was because of his wife. <laughs> we called and found out where he's at. Where, where you, I mean, I've been waiting for like 20, 30 minutes. Where are you at? We try to get to work. And all I hear on the phone, because Tommy called him, Say, hey, Pops, where are you at? He said, I'm coming. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. I'm coming. I'm coming. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Anybody excited about the tribulation and being killed? Come on, Nick. You're not excited about that? Why aren't you excited about that? You should be excited about that, right? You should be excited about having tribulation in your life, Charlie. You should be excited, Mike, about somebody coming up and cutting Lenore's head off, maybe? Not saying that. Look, why is y'all always thinking like that? I ain't saying that's a good thing to be excited about. I, he almost stood up and started cheering. No, he didn't. He didn't do that. He did, he did not do that. Pastor, quit playing. This is church. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Boy, does that just sound like a glorious, grand time for Christians? See, if I was your preacher... Ain't no wonder you don't want to be a Christian. Because I'm telling you some of the hell you're going to have to go through. Jesus said when he left, when I return, will I even find... <laughs> will, I even, will I even find one with faith? Listen, if that doesn't cause you to re-register in your mind if you truly have faith in God or not, brother, you missed the statement. He said, when I leave, will I return and find just one with faith? There's a bunch of matters. Oh, I have faith in God. I have faith in God. Do you? Show it. I 
God said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Even when you're not ready. Even when you don't want to. Even when it's harder than things appear that you can handle. If you love me, you'll obey me. So he's telling me the only way that I can prove my love to him is by the choices I make. What choice have you made? What choice did you make this week? What portions in your life has presence over God? What portions are you willing to sacrifice your relationship with God for? Because everything out there that's being handed to you is way more important than what God is giving you on a cross. Yep. Can everybody, y'all want to talk to me this morning, y'all just don't want to. What's wrong? Did I hurt you the words already? Well, I've been into the same one day. <laughs> Now look. <laughs> and many will be offended. Yep. <laughs> well, we're getting close to the end of time now. <laughs> huh? <laughs> we right, we right on top of it now, Lord. I mean, we we're knocking on the devil's door. We are that close to the end of time right now, because there will be many that's offended. Man, the word many is used a lot. I think he's trying to tell us. Ooh, I better be careful with that one. Well, let me go there. Let's just go there. Only 25% of us might be making it. Yeah. Pastor, how can you put a percentage on? I'm just thinking back to this. So. It got quiet. Because, <laughs> see, you know, okay, look, can I bring it to a realistic? Let me, let me bring it to a realistic thing so that you can see it. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to participate. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to stand up and, and participate. Now, watch. I'm going to show. Are y'all watching? Television, you're watching? I'm going to put them out there and I'll watch. Do you profess to be a Christian? 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 You're a follower of Christ? 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 I got four out of four that says they're a Christian and that they're a follower. Four out of four. That to me sounds like 100%. Watch the offense. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. My good and faithful servant. Don't be fighting me. Don't be screaming at me. The parable of the sower says 25% of you got a chance. Oh, come on, preacher. You can sit down. They hit close enough home. My job is to provoke you. My job, Mike, is to get you to a point to where you speak like David speaks. 
as a deer pants for water, so does my heart seek after you. And you have to do with that what you wish. Today I've given you a choice. Life or death. Please choose life. I didn't know the pastor was going to get like this on Sunday morning. I'm starting to sweat now. It's starting to come. I'm starting to sweat. And this wasn't even... I had Matthew and Psalms. And now I'm... I had Matthew 3. So I'm still in the same book. So we're close. But look, many will be offended. I will betray, or, and then many will be offended, will betray one Anybody betrayed anybody? Anybody been betrayed? Well, it's got to be close to the end of times now, right? I mean, we got to be right there. The end is here. And we'll hate another. Anybody in here hate anybody? Does anybody in here hate anybody? <laughs> I, I've sat where you've sat. I know what it is to be betrayed and hate him, but because the preacher after you hate him, oh Lord, no, if I tell him I hate him, then I ain't going to go to heaven. It ain't got nothing to do between you and preacher. This morning. Well, I don't hate them. I just. <laughs> well, here's here's a pansy cop out. Watch this one. I love them from a distance. Oh, I'm coming. The Bible says if you can't love one another, God ain't in you. Matter of fact, He calls you a liar. Whew, Pastor, these are strong words this morning. I'm just telling you what's in here. Can I tell you if, you, if you hate someone, fix it, man. Well, Pastor, how do I fix it? You go back to him and apologize. Just, well, Pastor, what if I can't apologize? Try. Do something. Get hatred out of your heart. Don't let your heart become the breeding ground for bitterness. Don't let bitterness take root in your heart. You have to remember, church, Jesus loved... While, Romans 3-something, 28 maybe, while we were yet sinners... I'm going to press the right verse now. But while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. While, while, you, while you presented yourself in the best nature that you could, which is compared to filthy rags, which is disgusting, he died for you. That means he loved you. They don't get it. 
even while you was a wretched old sinner, even while you was cussing, drinking, smoking, whoremonging, doing everything else, even while you was doing all that, he said, I know that you will be messed up, jacked up, tore up from the fort. I already know, but I'm going to die for you anyway. Because the only way that you oh here we go again the only way that you're going to have a chance is to repent for the kingdom of the Lord is in it. the only way that you're going to have a way is lift up your head oh you you got to think differently love is a lot bigger than the way we perceive it we base our love off of what you've done for me lately that's right that's right not for what you're going to do tomorrow because that be the case everyone's going to walk out of here hating somebody. Can't believe they've done that to me. Can't believe they said that about me. God, why did I get off in here? And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then, as if that wasn't enough, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, that, that's, that word's not directed to not obeying the law in the Bible. <laughs> We're experiencing all of this right now. And based on what we read and based on how we're taught and what we're preached on about, we should have been long gone. because we stop here so many times. You'll hear wars and rumors and wars and the Lord is coming. Well, he's been coming for over 2,000 years, but that's not when he's coming when you hear wars and rumors and wars. That's not when he's coming when one will betray another. That's not when he's coming when one will hate another. That's not when he's coming. Look, this is the grace of God. Pastor, you're not really preaching the good news. Hang on, let me get through the text. And because lawless will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, this good news, <laughs> will be preached in all the world and all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. God's telling you everything that you're going to have to go through, pass through, touch, feel, experience. He's telling you everything that's coming. And we, he, told, he told the disciples before he even got started, he said, Take heed that no one deceives you. He's telling you, take heed that no one deceives you. And you're going to have to pass through all of the 
these things. When you begin to consider your circumstance and your situation as a punishment from God, you're being deceived. He's already said that these things will come to pass. These things you will experience will bring up tribulation against you. It's coming. Stop running. Stop worrying. Stop complaining. Stop hiding. You're going to go through it. Go through it with the heart of a warrior and stand for the gospel and have faith in God and when it all happens and his word is preached to all nations then will you endure? Will you endure? Thank you Holy Spirit. Now I know why we got over there. Because see, without, I'm closing. This might just come right around. I might just give you a soft one this morning. It's coming out of back to me. No, he just, he can, grab, he can grab stuff that you don't think he's even working on. And he's over here going, you just keep on, I'm fixing something up. He's telling us all this this morning. In the curveball. Y'all thought I went off on a tangent, didn't you? Watch. He's telling you all this because the only way to endure that you're going to be able to endure is to lift your head. Because if you don't lift your head, the king of glory can't come in. He is the only one that's going to be able to help you succeed and surpass and endure. You can't do it on your own. You better stop trying to keep God in your little box. You better let go. You better not put your hand up there and go, No, God, wait a minute. I want you to fall over into this part of my life. You stay up there because you might die. Come on, I'm going to be hard this morning, baby. Because I want you you to get this thing right. I want you to be able to go out with ammunition in your pocket that can't nobody persuade you otherwise. That he is king of kings and he is lord of lords. That he is faithful. That he's the ancient of days. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's gone before you. He's with you in it. And he'll be there after you've already gone. You better open your eyes and lift up your heads. If you want to endure this thing called life. If you want to be able to go through victorious in this thing called Christianity. You better get away from your systematic situation and you better lift up your head but it's going to look funny. I don't care. Lift up your heads. Come on. My God, he wants to come in but you won't let him. 25% of you are going to run out of here. You're probably going to go home and start doing construction on your house. Tearing out the he- Don't tear out the headers. <laughs> They're a little weight bang. Right, Charlie? Don't tear them out unless we go fix something else. Some of you might, you're 25%, 25% probably say, I don't care, and tear the headers out. Come on in, God. There's going to be 25% of you. Boy, you jacked up and you sweating with me. <laughs> preach it, preacher. And as soon as you go outside, what's for lunch? What do you mean I can't get my salad? 
Christian. Why is my steak not cooked right? I need a power pill. system this new way <laughs> is now available to bring life to every human experience as well as the deliverance from the dominance of flesh of Satan. Today I've given you life and death. Please. Please. Choose life. Pastor, I'm trying. But every time I try, try again. Pastor, I did. I try. I've done what you told me to do five times. And every time I do it, try again. didn't give up on you. He never said, I've had enough of you. I, I, can't, I can't deal with your stuff. No, no. You're so jacked up. He didn't give up on you. Why have you give up on him? Is it because you just can't find it in yourself? You can't muster up enough strength? Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But I'm getting tired now. I'm falling down. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you trust Him enough? Are you willing to take the header down? Are you willing to make room for God now? Or do you still just have too much going on? Or does everything look so nice? Everything is situated just right. We're on our way now.
Baby, we are right there. We get ready to conquer the world. We are, everything is just in line. We are right. We ain't got time to do nothing else for God. I mean, after Lord of Mercy, Pastor worked us overtime yesterday, and now wants us to come to church on Sunday. Are you kidding me? Maybe not this week. I'll catch up with you, Pastor. Oh, the King of Glory is coming in. <coughs> Only if you'll let him. Let's stand. up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who? Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, Mighty in battle. Lift up your heads. O you gates. Lift up you everlasting doors. And the king of glory. Shall come in. Who. Is this king. Of glory. The Lord of hosts. He. is the king of glory. Father, this morning God, thank you. The Holy Spirit the soil that you water the seed that our father in heaven would bring us increase God there are so many things that cause distractions in our life and we go here to there and God we go from this to that Thank you for this morning that now we are able to go from that <laughs> to this. We're, we're able to go from the ways that were written before us. That was a grounding for our feet. But now we've been readied, Father, to move in to what's next. <laughs> 
So have your way in our life. Have your way in this house. Touch us. Heal us. Feed us. Protect us. God, we need you. And everything that we do in our life, may we be reminded that if we want increase, we must lift up our head. Father, we've got to make way for you. God, I, I know... I know with everything in me that you're wanting to do so much in people's lives that you're bursting at the seams and they refuse to give you way. Father, let this be the breakthrough moment for someone. God, somebody need to hear that they can that they can make it. That they can they can do it. They will come through. And so somebody needs to know this morning that all they gotta do is lift up their all they gotta do is take this up to take the ceiling off the doorway because you want to take us higher, because you want to bring us to another place. But God, we've got to make room. We've got to make way. So this morning, Father, let that bury all up in our hearts this morning. Let, let us eat on this for the week. That we may be able to meditate on your word. That we may be able to push it. Father, from our heads to our hearts. That it may be able to take root. That we may be able to withstand. That we may be able to endure. Father, for those that are weak, because of whatever this world has has thrown on them, whatever this world has has come in and deceived them with. God, I would ask this morning that you would strengthen their faith. Yes. God, I ain't mad at them. I ain't mad. I've been there. God, I've I've walked in those dirty, rotten, unbalanced cobblestone streets stomping toes and tripping and falling I'd have been there God I know what it is to be to be beaten down to be worn down to be tired to be bruised to be cut so God who am I to be mad at someone else so Father this morning I'm, I'm extending my hand with your power and I'm asking that you help me help them. God, let's strengthen their faith. Let's get them back on their feet. God, I know, I know they can do it. Yes. God, they just need to know. 